Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you to this episode of the show where tonight we're going to be talking about my film pick of the week from 1976, Eaten Alive, directed by Toby Hooper. Yes, that Toby Hooper of Texas Chainsaw Massacre fame. But of course, I'm joined by my cohorts, first and foremost, the bold and the beautiful, the Gold Geek Keith. Oh! Everybody, what is going on tonight? Welcome to Talking Terror. By way of the Starlight Hotel. So we hope you enjoy your stay. We're going to be talking about it later on. Uh, we could have the Dean on later uh, on this episode because he did say that he had to cancel his plans uh, due to the vid. So he should be on with us. We'll talk about him. But, of course, the psychotic simian, the man monkey, the prince of Amor say, yes, get funky with the monkey. Oh, yes, King. We're getting funky in the sale ass homes in the South, and things are definitely out for the Starlight Hotel, but uh, shit is about to go down on Talking Terror. So make sure you slip into something sexy. Slip on those headphones and prepare yourself as Talking Terror comes in your ears for the next two hours. So make sure you listen live, and if you can't, don't worry about it, baby, because you can always check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and all that other shit. God damn it, fuck you. <laughs> damn. Wow, you lost it again. Oh, no. What happened? You ran out of cocaine? Oh, man. Oh, I know, but then some cranky-ass motherfucker came and licked it all up, but we'll get to that when we get to it later. Yeah. <laughs> got to watch out for those leechers, man. As soon as they smell cocaine in the air, they're just coming for it. Yeah, they sit there and say they just want to hit, and then you sit there and pull out the bag, and they sit there and lick, like, half the fucking bag away. But, yeah, you yeah, we'll get to that when we get to it. <laughs> Especially in the days of the vid, man. You don't want to be licking up cocaine from another person's bag. You don't know what they got. Mm. Get your own bag. Be safe. Yeah, I know. Plus, it's, it's just fucking bad manners, man. It's like, you know, I'm willing to share, but, you know... Let me put some of my shit in a separate bag for you. I got my shit. Now you got your shit. And then we can sit there and be on the shit together and then just have a good time. But don't be sitting there just <laughs> into my ziplock. That is rude. The, the, you, you, you're literally talking about like, you know, you, you can have the same exact person, but there's two opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to that kind of like individual in those moments, right? When you have a lot of cocaine, you are the friendliest motherfucker on the planet. But as your fucking cocaine <laughs> level starts to like go down and start to dwindle, motherfucker, you better not even look at me funny. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if I give you like a tiny little slice of a fucking line, you damn well fucking right. You better be fucking taking that thing and chopping it up at the four others for yourself, because as my bag is getting low, I ain't giving you no more. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's way good, man. He's not kidding. Yeah, no, nobody becomes a better math wizard than when you have cocaine and you have to divide it up. Like, no, like, that's that's then all of a sudden, you're like, fuck that's it, a legitimate statement. Like, I know. It's I'm the only time in my life when I, was, when I could have been considered a mathematician, and if 
And if, <laughs> if, it's, if it's a group involvement, if, if it's group involvement and, like, the group supply starts to run low, like, determining mm-hmm. amongst the group the duration of time between mm-hmm. uh, next session and prolonging it and if there's opportunity for additional acquisition, there's a, it's, a, it's, a whole, it's a whole chain uh, that happens. It's truly interesting what happens uh, to humans in the, in the, in the, in the midst of a, of a frenzy. <laughs> the yeah, of of a I've ever been oh, yeah. <laughs> Breaking out of slide <laughs> ruling shit. Nom! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I've ever so been involved from this like much. That. You go from yeah, being yeah, Tom Bombadil to fucking Gollum in a flash second, man. <laughs> <laughs> My flesh is cocaine. Yeah. Nobody likes the flesh is cocaine. Get away from me. Then you just hop away, tearing off your clothes until you have nothing but underwear on. Get away from me. Uh, <laughs> man, I got fucking stories of people in underwear. <laughs> but yeah, so we we have the dean obviously joining us. Thank you so much. Woo-hoo! I know you said you weren't going to be a part of this one, but yeah, you're a part of it now. You know, so thank you for joining us and and uh, yeah, I can't being a part of the show. Even can't even begin to say how thrilled I am to be here. Really. Um, no. you know, uh, you know, <laughs> okay. given the current state, given the current state of things and, and whatnot. So, you know, there's just more, you know, as I sit here completely 100% fine, uh, you know, but still <laughs> with the fucking double line on the fucking test, uh, you know, all activities that I had planned this week involving end of the school year and a couple of personal things are all, uh, you know, not happening. Hence my uh, availability, uh, to be here. To, to take part in this in this program this evening. So, uh, sorry, man. dude. Did it did did it go did it go down on the last week of school too? Yeah, man. So what happened was last Wednesday, uh, I got like I felt like a little bit of like a tickle in my throat. Uh, the following <laughs> on, on Thursday on, on Thursday mornings, we have a a, a middle school. Uh, teacher meeting and one of the teachers was just happened to open up a new box of tests uh, just to take one precautionary and I was like oh hey I'll, 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 I'll take the other one and lo and behold it fucking came up positive so I had to go home and uh, you know I missed uh, you know from you know the last day of classes was yesterday so I missed the last few days of school uh, and today was our graduation and stepping up ceremony and being that we were doing it in the courtyard, like I was able to go and like be in a mask and kind of be like far away, kind of watching from a distance, like a fucking leopard. And um, like Michael Myers, <laughs> watching from far. You know, yeah. My my on Monday this past Monday, my ice hockey team had uh, championship finals, and I had to miss that. And oh, my team lost. Uh, my team lost three to two in overtime, and like because you weren't there. Facts. Facts being what they are, and I don't say this with not any shred of bragging in any way, but like 100% without question, I am a difference maker on that team, and it's just a like, a, and I had a I had an outstanding season, and it was just a total fucking bummer to have to miss that. Um, so you know, it just it just sucks, man. Especially, I would I would feel much different if I was like laying here with a fever and no taste and no smell, but I've been abs except for that that little tickle in my throat that became a minor cough that lasted most of Thursday, I've been absolutely fine. I haven't been sick. I haven't felt sick. 
Um, so, anyway. Uh, well, I can't, I'm just so be thankful that's all it's been, okay? No, no, no. <laughs> that's of right. Course, of course. Don't get me wrong. Like, I don't really want to be sick, but, you know, missing all of this shit while feeling fine uh, has been kind of a bummer. I'm not saying that I would have rather have been sick. I, don't, I didn't mean that. <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. All right. And yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> but, okay, so since you are here, Dean, and we have everybody together, we're all caught up on the boys, I believe. So why don't uh, we pick up we are that? All, we are all caught up on the boys. Yeah. So let's do it. Right. Let's take right it off with the boys, talk a little, season three. Uh, so, uh, Dean, since, you know, you are here, you didn't plan on it, I'm going to talk to you first. What have you thought oh, about please. the first four episodes of the boys, season three? Dude, I... I Really, you know, I truth, truthfully, uh, just historically, I don't watch a lot of shows. I don't watch a lot of TV. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've been into The Walking Dead. Like, I've been into, you know, Stranger Things, like something here and there on Netflix. Um, there's been a thousand shows that have come out over the last 20 years that I've seen and been like, oh, I bet I would love that show. And then I've never watched it. Um when I don't remember what it was that led to you guys suggesting to me uh, that I should watch The Boys. Um, it was me. <laughs> but I yeah, watched it, and I, 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 I loved it. And I am, I am totally engrossed uh, in this season right now. I think that they are building the story in a, in a very in a very nice way, uh, blending all of the different storylines that are currently going on. And I feel like they have completely increased the quotient of, 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 of blood and guts and splatter thus far. Um, and uh, I love how they didn't just, they just didn't waste any time. They just hit the fucking ground running. Like it's, it's so great. I, I, I truly love it. Yeah. Uh, cool. What are you thinking about this season so far? There's four episodes. Oh, I think it's been bonkers, man. I think, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I, unlike the past season, have been watching, you know, as each and every episode has come. And uh, so I am 100% like, caught up in the fucking, in the show, in the series here. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to waste time. I'm going to watch each episode, you know, day of release as long as I can. And, uh, yeah, I... I, I said it right off the rip. You know, this season they are really taking no prisoners whatsoever. It is all <laughs> craziness on the fucking boys. I mean, you know, the, the within the very first ten minutes of the first episode, you know <laughs> precisely how they're doing it, why they're doing it, what they're going for. There, there's no questions. There's no there, there, there's no forgiving. Uh, they are absolutely, it is full satire on every single fucking comic book, character, movie, show, DCU, fucking MCU, doesn't matter. They're poking fun and they're enjoying the shit out of it while they're doing it. So I, uh, I, I am very much liking the ride. Awesome. All right, Monkey, what do you think? Yeah, straight out the gate, they're taking no prisoners. Um, <laughs> like, literally, straight out the gate, episode one, take no prisoners. Uh, we have not forgot you. We're giving you what you want. Here it is. <laughs> um, you don't have to wait. Um, and they're, they're, 
they did a really good job of finding a way to bring everyone back into the fold and keep this world going and still giving us a really, really fun ride that um, you know, both the Diva and I are both enjoying. is just every episode is just 100% entertaining, and I'm just fucking loving it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. No, I, I agree with all you guys. Um, you know, I remember the ghoul messaging us when the first three episodes dropped, and he's like, there is zero subtlety going on with the boys with these first three episodes. And right away, yeah, they slam you right in there. Um, I like how all the characters are really just evolving still. Like, there's still stuff to learn about Huey and Starlight and Butcher and all these other characters. And just showing how evil Homelander really is. I mean, we've seen it, but like, it seems like this season it's escalated, where he is like the ultimate villain. He's the ultimate bad guy, you know, while putting on the face for the cameras. Like, the manipulation that he's been able to pull off, it's, it's amazing. Like, what a great villain that he is. Well, at least up until this point of the season, he is pretty mm-hmm. much our only villain. And that yeah, is, is true. a big difference. You know, the last season you had Stormfront. You know, the first season you had yeah. uh, uh, Allie with an ice uh, fucking character. Uh, Elizabeth Shue's character. I can't think of her name right now. Um, you know, you've always had other other people to put your, your focus on as far as things go. This season, it's, it's Homelander front and fucking center. And, I mean, yeah, he is the uh, the ultimate fucking in, in, in fascism and fucking just pure yep. scumbaggedness. It is fucking great. Truly is. Like, there's this fucking Hitler's fucking world come to life. Character. Madeline Stilwell. <laughs> yes, Madeline. That's right. Yes, Madeline Stilwell. Yeah. So, yeah, there's nothing that you could do to him, like, whatsoever. You know, he's, he's bulletproof, like, in every sense of the way. Like, every, every time you think that you have him, he comes up with that crossbow where he's just like, nope, mm-hmm. Well, what are you going to do? Yeah, I think not. So it's, it's man, it's, just, it's great. And rest in peace, Timothy. Poor, poor Timothy. Poor Timothy. Didn't need to go down that way. <laughs> that was rough. Fucking yeah, Timothy. He had a family. What they... Trace. Huh? What I was, <laughs> yeah, what I was going to say with Homelander, too, is that while, yes, he apparently is so far this season, is the the only villain like they've done much such a I, what i feel is a very smart job in like increasing his villain quotient piece by piece each mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm. yeah well, yeah it, it's constantly escalating you know and i guess you could say that stan edgar is the the other villain but it's totally downplayed by everything that anthony Starr as homelander is doing like yes you know Edgar is kind of a baddie, but at the same time, it's just, it's all full throttle Homelander. Everything that's gone on so far in these first four episodes. Well, also, we, we're getting a new side of Homelander we haven't seen before where it's not, you know, whiny crybaby, I'm the star, I'm the star. It's, you know, it's, he's more cool, he's more calculated, and, you know, he's planning things and setting things in motion, you know, and not just, I want to do whatever I want. Well, that, I'm going to whine and bitch about difference. it. Actually, though, is is now he has the ability to do whatever he wants. He's not answering to anybody anymore. There's nobody holding his leash. Homelander's doing what Homelander wants to do because, you know, that's what the 
that's what the people want them to do. You know, it's, it's, it's funny, but, you know, we, we had four years of something very similar to that. And, uh, yes. Again, like <laughs> yeah. they, they are, they're pulling no fucking punches. All the comparisons are absolutely in your fucking face, and they are fucking wonderful. Make the seven great again. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I haven't had that yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's 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 just been great, you know. And they haven't put on the brakes yet, so I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with Soldier Boy and that whole thing. And you know, no spoilers, of course, because you know people out there probably haven't caught up yet. But um, you know, it's just, it's great to see oh, yeah. all these characters having their own moments. <laughs> you know, even Frenchie, you know, having his moments, and Kamiko having their moments. You know, everybody gets a time to shine which I love. You know, it's like they're not forgetting about anybody. Like we're going to have everything for everybody, even Mother's Milk, you know, and his relationship with his ex and his daughter, how she's obsessed with Vought, everything about them and having birthday parties with Vought themes, and he's like, ah, fuck. Uh (laughs) I'll be here for her. (laughs) You know, and the new husband, you know, all decked out, you know. (laughs) <laughs> and the, and that's one of the things is that you know the diva was all excited about a soldier boy and you know him him coming on board into the fold and you know for a while she, she was upset because she was like first couple episodes it's only flashback kind of stuff and I was like look maybe mm-hmm. that's all you're gonna get we don't know you know they, everything could be you know for in the past you, you know and th- this was his role. She's like, but he's not in the show. And I was like, yes, he is. He's right there. You're looking at him. <laughs> what are you not understanding? <laughs> yeah, you know? and, and it's, it's great to see the, the comparisons to Captain America with Soldier Boy. You know, with his shield and his attitude. He's like, he's a dick Captain America. <laughs> That's the, you know, I, just, I love the fact that he's portraying it that way. Like, the complete opposite of Steve Rogers. <laughs> and... And while, you know, like you said, you know, while they're going around and expanding everybody in this universe, they're still taking the time to give us the fun that we want with the TNA, with the gore, you know, with with yeah. all the humor. You know, they haven't forgotten any of it. They, they've done a great job of balancing it all. They have, you know, and, and once you see termites, you're never going to see anything better than that. Especially in episode one. <laughs> I can't. I can't. It's just, fucking Thanos theory. You, you just yeah. Thanos theory right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fucking fantastic. Yeah, and, and, again. And and you and you guys saw what I sent you about that, right? About that whole segment? Yeah. yeah. It was amazing. Okay. They actually did that. <laughs> <laughs> they that you know, it's a, just when you think they can't go any farther, they're like, yeah, hold my beer. Because <laughs> we're going to introduce Termite and exactly what he can do to a party. So it's been very cool, and uh, obviously there's weekly drops. It's not all binge-worthy, uh, which, you know, again, plus minuses with that. I know that there was a whole big commotion this past Friday with Episode 4 where it just didn't drop at the right times, and people were like, what the fuck, I want to watch The Boys, and I can't watch it. Like, we had to wait a little bit, and then I got home, and I'm like, wait, it's available. So I'm like, oh, get yeah, with those release times. it was weird. It, it, it wasn't available, you know, obviously at midnight, and, you know, if you looked online – um, you know, with some streaming services, they'll drop, you know, at that point, other streaming services will drop, I think, at like 3 a.m. Uh, this way it's midnight, you know, in the West. Um, mm-hmm. But they had originally posted that they were going to drop episodes at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Um, 
for on Fridays, but I guess they uh, they they I guess the outcry and everybody freaking out about it. Maybe they decided to drop it earlier. I don't know, and I don't know what the plans are for the for the future episodes. So, I mean, I, I don't get to watch anything until it's uh, until I'm home from work normally anyway. But uh, well, unlike today, I got to watch Miss Marvel and Obi Wan, you know, this morning. So, oh yeah, Obi Wan. That's uh, you and the monkey series. You have to give us an update on that. Yeah. Um, how about oh, we hold until we can talk next week? We got, we, one, we got one more week anyway. Yeah, we yeah we've all, yeah we only have one more week, and then you know the series will be over, and then we can actually talk about it in full. Well, it's a short series. What, like only like four episodes, I guess. Six. Six, 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 six episodes. episodes. Oh, okay. Seems like it just started. Weird. <laughs> I feel like it just started it did. last week. So that's how they're releasing. Okay. All right. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't watch that show. So I don't know. I'm just surprised that it's over already. Figured it'd be like a well, month. Well, it, it will be because they because they drop two episodes at the same time and then three, four, uh, and okay. whatnot. So yeah, there we go. Yeah. All right. Well, that makes more sense. I was like, wait, didn't it just start its ending? <laughs> there we go. There we have it. So it drops it. Around. It's over. Which, it's oh, over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't watched a single episode, so I don't know. Beep boop beep. You know, but yes, <laughs> we will get the update about Obi Wan. I know there's people at work that I work with that are talking about it. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I know it exists. I don't know anything about it. Have you watched the boy? <laughs> nah, not really into that. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck you. <laughs> Somebody's got to talk to me. About yeah, but uh, but but also you can't really talk about the boys at work. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> no, if, yeah, no, if you, you can't, you know, if you, you can, but you can't. If, Just, if you're hiding in the yeah, it's like you know, then it's definitely um, not material you can talk about around certain people, <laughs> like well, HR. It depends on what you, it depends on what you do for a living. You know, we're we're, we're HVAC technicians, so we, we talk about that shit left and right, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah. So uh, Dean, I have horror news covered because I didn't think you were going to be on, so. I got some stuff to talk about. You can take a back seat and comment whenever you want, you know, and just kind of relax. We're here for you, baby. Well, we'll see what happens because I have I have some items on my agenda too, things. Oh. Okay. All right. Um. So. Well, you go ahead. Where do they want to start? Go ahead and start, please. All right. So, what do I want to kick off with? Shine. It's Uh, your time to shine. (laughs) All right. So, real quick, before I get into the real kind of stuff, the meat and potatoes of the show. Uh, have any of you guys seen the Munsters teaser that Rob Zombie dropped last week? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I have. Ghoul, <laughs> Dean? Negative. I have. Oh, okay. No, okay. It's uh, not so, like yeah, I'll, 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 anything for the Dean, so it's I really think you not, can talk about it um, fine. Speak for Yeah, it's really not – it's not spoiling anything because it's not really a full trailer. It's just a teaser, but – yeah, I checked it out myself, and I'm like, all right, I need to wait for the full trailer because that teaser was just not good. Because it, it was aping finished. the, it was aping the opening of the Munsters TV show, but it just looked like a fan film. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, a fan recreated the opening of the Munsters, and he's like, there it is, and just put Rob Zombie's name on it for some reason. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> It didn't look good. It looked unfinished, like the monkey had said. So I, I don't know. I'm kind of holding out hope. I don't hate it. Like, I'm not like, oh, fuck, this movie's going to suck. I'm like, no, 
I need to wait for the full trailer before I really kind of say whether or not I think it's going to be good. But uh, what did you guys think about the teaser, Ghoul and Monkey? Because, I mean, you guys are Munsters guys are more of an Adam Sandler guy, so. Uh, again, I was just thrown off by the quality. Like, the, the, again, it didn't look finished. It almost looked like it was films where they matted the characters onto the screen. Like, I don't know if they're going <laughs> to yeah. maybe be shooting for a 3D process or something. Like, you know, or they're t- maybe he's trying to, like, superimpose shit. Like, maybe, uh, like, you know, Sin City or something like that. Um, it, but it just seems wonky, and once again, you know, when Cheryl Moon shows up on the screen, I just want to shoot my monitor, so fuck her. (laughs) Oh, you know what, and I kind of thought that I would have more kind of like, you know what, let's see what she can do, and she was just doing this weird, weird interpretation of, you know, Yvonne and Carlo's opening, and I was like, what? No, like, what what are you looking at? Like, you know, it's supposed to be like, hey, honey, you forgot your lunchbox. But instead, she's, ah, I don't know. It was, just, it was weird. Ghoul, what did you think? Ghoul, <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, it's, you know, it, like you said, I mean, they called it a teaser. They called it a teaser trailer. It literally is the mm-hmm. opening of the, of the show, <laughs> you know? So if you remember the yeah, opening of the Munsters, you know, that that is all it is. You know, the, did it look rough? I mean, I guess so. Um, I, I, I have a feeling that that's kind of what he's going for. He's going to go for a mm-hmm. oversaturated, technicolor type of, uh, of thing because he makes sure to point that out, you know. So yes. I think, yep. you know, we see that it's going to be PG written right at the bottom. I think he's going mm-hmm. for something that is going to be, you know, really straight homage. There ain't going to be no, uh, I don't know. It's, I, I, don't, I don't know how I felt about it. You know, I didn't, didn't hate what they looked like, but at the same time, too, yeah. it's just like, why? If you're not going to bring anything different to it, <laughs> yeah. why? Yeah. I could just go and find yeah. a fucking, you know, a DVD or a Blu-ray that has all the fucking Monsters episodes on it. Yeah, and then watch Monsters Go Home. I, yeah. <laughs> I could not agree more. It was, yeah, I literally had that thought, Ghoul. So I'm glad that you brought that up. It's just like, why is this a thing? Like, why? Like, I wanted something different. I want to see something that Rob could come up with as far as the Monsters, his version of the Monsters. Instead, he's just kind of doing what they did back in the 60s. So it's, it's not anything new. <laughs> it's like, might as well just be a sequel to Monsters Go Home. He's like, well, you're not doing uh, anything different. I mean, he's... He's even bringing Don't worry. the character of Zombo. Where I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. Show. <laughs> I'm sure he's going to find some way to work, work his niches into it. He's, he's going to find a way. No, I just I, I mean, wanted something different. Like, yeah. I mean, the only thing I will say is this, you know, and and, and you know, this 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 is this is the truth. This is us as fucking parents. <laughs> you know, we we kind of suck. When it comes to these things, because you know what, honestly, there's the, the problem is, is he's touching a franchise that there's no way you're going to win. 
You know, you, no. just not. You know, there, there's no way that, that people are going to not have bad things to say or negative comments, especially because, you know, we are in the, you know, in the Internet age and we, we know how mm-hmm. everything goes and how everything's criticized. But again, I think, you know, specifically your, your biggest issue is you are touching something that, you know, has got a romanticized remembrance of how good it was mostly because of how it framed a specific time in American television culture. Um, You know, and there's there's nothing that's going to change about that. So I I, I really do think, I feel bad for Rob, because I think this is going to be yet again, you know, you're going to have the the Rob Zombie faithful out, and they're going to be like, oh, it's pretty good, I guess. You know, then then you're going to have, you know, the the rest of the world who are going to be like, well, why? Like, why the fuck did you do this? So, <laughs> well, yeah, and on that point, it's like, yeah, I mean, you could feel bad for Rob, but it's what he wanted to do. It was his dream project. But why couldn't he have done something like the Adam Sandler movies back in the nineties? No, where yeah, no, you know, it, all right, all right, oh, I thought you were... <laughs> I'm defending it because at least they tried something different. Like they, they, they brought in Christopher Lloyd as Fester, but he wasn't Fester. He's the long lost brother of, of Gomez. You know, they offered you something a little bit. But then he turned out to be Fester. <laughs> exactly. But it wasn't just like an episode of the Adams family where it's like they're just hanging out in the house and something happens and it's funny and that's it. No, they, they tried to offer you something different, you know, and it's keeping in the vein of the Adams family where Gomez and Morticia are just constantly wanting to fuck. And Pugsley and Wednesday, oh, the G's and Putin, <laughs> you know, and, and Thing and Cousin It. And it was just, but it was kind of like, you know what, they're doing something different. Like, they're bringing it into the 90s, you know, which is well, yeah. something that you would think Zombie would want to do with the Munsters. Bring them in the well, current I think age. Too, I think what they did, too, with that was, you know, they, they did that fine balance of kind of poking fun at it while at the mm-hmm. same time staying true to where it came from. And that is really yeah. what I hope to see, you know, Rob right. kind of do with, with this. I mean, look at the Brady Bunch movie. You know, like those movies came out, and, you know, for all intents and purposes, they were, were terrible. But they were great yeah. in how terrible they were because all they really did was just make fun of Brady Bunch, you know, it wasn't they, they stayed <laughs> yeah. true to the characters I like those while movies. fucking absolutely yeah. making fun <laughs> of them with like no apologies and it was it was a good time. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm a huge fan of those movies because it was such a parody of that show bringing it to the nineties where Marsha brings Davy Jones to the concert and like, What? <laughs> the fuck is Davy Jones? <laughs> you know, like the 90s, dude. Like, you know, but yeah, you know, it was tongue in cheek, and that's what I loved about it. Like, it was just trying to bring the 60s family into the 90s, where they're just stuck in that era, and they can't get out for some reason, you know. But everybody around them is 90s, you know, and it worked. And even uh, Beverly Hillbillies was another one that I really did enjoy, where it was bringing that show back, but into a movie form where they're in the 90s now. And they're moving into their mansion, and it's just all completely changed. Like, that's, you know, what I'm looking for with the Munsters. Like, give me something where they're moving into the current age. They're like, what the fuck is a cell phone? <laughs> you know, what, 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 uh, what's Netflix? You know, that type of thing. But 
don't just put it in the 60s. But I think that's what he's going for. <laughs> and then, yeah, I think he's – so, uh, again, I didn't hate it, but, again, I'm like, I just I hope that the full trailer, which hopefully is coming soon, will give me something to be like, you know what, maybe it won't be so bad. But just the eight, the opening, yeah, it's kind of weak. Um, so moving on away from that, uh, the Dean brought up last week about how Nev Campbell stepped away from Scream 6 because of just not getting enough money, not feeling like, you know, she was – giving a value to the character that she's done for five movies now. Uh, but that movie is continuing, and it's uh, going to take place in New York City, the Big Apple this time. Uh, but they're filming in oh. Montreal, so they're pulling a Friday the 13th. Where it's like, well, <laughs> we're not going to be in New York City, but, you know, you can just imagine it, right? Like maybe we'll like film short a scene in too. Times Square. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but... At the same time, Matthew Lillard has come out and defended Nev Campbell and saying, you know what, you know, Tom Cruise wouldn't take a pay cut for Maverick, right? So why are you upset that Nev Campbell is stepping away from the role because she took a pay cut? She originally had said that if the script was bad, she was going to walk away. And I guarantee you, she was the opening kill. She probably read the script, saw that she was the opening kill. They're not going to pay her for a full-length movie. A lot like Daniel Harris back in 95 with Halloween 6, where they wanted her to come back, but she was the opening kill, and they were only offering her scale, and she's like, yeah, fuck that, I'm out. So I guarantee you that's what happened, and I can't blame her for it. It's just, you know, not wanting to take that pay cut, but, you know, what else are you doing? Yeah, but, it's, yeah, you but also she's the opening kill, man. It would have been awesome. Sorry, sorry, Dean. Go it ahead. I was just teasing the king. Carry on. <laughs> but it's fine. So, you know, uh, you know, I I don't agree that you know she should have taken a pay cut. That you know, if it was not enough money, walk away from the project. But at the same time, you know, what else are you doing? Like, I don't know if Nev Campbell is being thrown scripts left and right where she could be like, yeah, I'm going to walk away. So, I mean, I hope that she you know finds something and can move on from it. Uh, I don't think it'll well, be weird well, gotta, not having earned you got to remember something. She's making, she's making charmed money. She is making charmed syndication money. So, so Nev Campbell... She wasn't charmed? Uh, no. Uh, no, sorry. No, she was thinking of a different actress. My bad. She was in Family <laughs> Five. <laughs> yes, yes. There we go. Part, party um, of Five. <laughs> party of Five. That's what it was. Uh, which, it's yeah, you know, that is family. syndication. It's just it's <laughs> not as big. You know, for some reason, I was mistaking her with the one sister in Charmed. Uh, they they kind of look <laughs> similar, too. I can't, I can't think of, uh, you know, the, 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 the one. Or no, uh, Shannon Doherty. I'll be, I'll, yeah. Holly Marie really? Combs? Yes, that's who Those she looks like. Those are three sisters. Holmes. Thank you. Yes, I know. Well, I know she looks like the two of them. Look, I already admitted to my fucking mistakes and sucked my balls, okay? Uh, as far as, like, <laughs> as far as you know, Nev Campbell goes with the Scream film and everything, you know, I, I, I read the whole thing with the comparison and, and, you know, people yelling and screaming online and fucking, oh, mm-hmm. you know, Tom Cruise, blah, 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 blah. Like, listen, okay, <laughs> one, Tom Cruise commands a hell of a lot more money for every yep. fucking film that he's in. Because the majority of the films that he is in, whether you like him or not, make a lot of fucking money. He's got a huge fucking <laughs> yeah. rabid fan base out there, you know? 
Yeah, does Nev Campbell have a fan base? Of course she does. But her movies don't make fucking, you know, put it this way. Matt has, no has already made more box office <laughs> than all five fucking Scream movies. So you can add every single one of the fucking Scream movies up and it still has made less money than fucking one Top Gun sequel that took 20 plus fucking years to come out, man. So, so like, the, the, the comparison is so fucking stupid. You know, it just, just really is. Dev Campbell, no, is not fucking working a lot. I don't see her fucking getting lined up. She's an aging fucking actress in Hollywood who, you know what, honey? You got a fucking star and role. Look, Jamie Lee came back for fucking Halloween. Are you going to wait? Is that what you want to do? You want to wait for fucking Scream 10 to make some glorious fucking comeback? <laughs> Good luck with that. Okay, God bless you. But you know what? Jamie Lee also had a lot fucking more acting roles throughout the course of her career than you did. <laughs> it's so true. It really is. It's just, yeah. You know, and but that's the way I felt about Daniel Harris back in the day when she's like, "No, sir, I won't do it because they're not going to pay me anything other than scale." What are you doing? Like, you were in Halloween four and five. <laughs> it's not like you were running this fucking franchise since day one. You know, and she's like, "Well, no, I'm getting uh, scale. No, thank you." I said, "Well, we're going to continue without you. Thank you for your service." And they found J.C. Brandy to replace her, and everything was fine. Like, I didn't watch Halloween 6 and think, man, I miss her. I wish Daniel Harris was here. Like, no, she gets killed in the opening sequence. Well, Halloween 6 was so fucking bad. No, you weren't thinking about fucking Daniel Harris anyway. You know, the only thing I was thinking at that point was like, wow, no wonder she didn't fucking take the role. <laughs> <laughs> no. Listen, hey, you know, we know about, you know, what I think about that movie. But, um, so... I want to do this for the monkey because uh, the news came out last week and I didn't get a chance to talk about it. But uh, Godzilla fans rejoice because the second season of the 1970s animated Godzilla series is finally going to be available to stream via the official YouTube page of Toho. Yes. So I don't know, monkey, I don't know if you know anything about this, but yes, they are going to be releasing it after 40 years. Never before released a home video rarely seen the second season is exclusive to the Toho's YouTube channel. And we'll bring viewers back to the Saturday morning adventures of Godzilla and the World War Psychic Godzuki. Yes. Yeah. Godzuki I've been defending Godzuki. for so long. Godzuki. Yep. Old, yeah. yeah. Old ass <laughs> Hanna-Barbera cartoon <laughs> back in the day. Uh, I, yeah. I used to actually have a cell from that, but then unfortunately I lost it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I defend but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but, but it's like you gotta love it just because it's so fucking bad. It's just Hanna Barbera, so you got American hands getting involved with a Godzilla project, and it's just pretty much kind of like Voltron, where he just shows up to there, take care of the big baddie, then go wanders off and does his thing, you know, while hanging out with Jacques Cousteau, the kind of crew on their fucking boat. It's just fucking great. You know, especially because also at the time, you know, you, you got the dudes with the Bob Ross looking, you know, <laughs> beard and fucking <laughs> curly hair and shit. So, yeah, it, it, it's definitely a fun time to watch. <laughs> but, yeah, so, Monkey, if you want to check it out, it's on the Toho official YouTube channel. All the episodes are available as of June 6th. So go on there, grab yourself a big bowl of cereal and some milk, and just relive your childhood 
with uh, Godzilla season two of the animated series. So um, I, I saw that. I was like, you know what? I got to tell the monkey. I'm sure he'll love to see the exploits of Godzuki and Godzilla once again. Because I love Godzuki. My favorite character. <laughs> I also love Scrappy Dookie. <laughs> I love that character and, and Scrappy Doo when it brought him in. Come on, let me at him. Let me at him. We, can't, we need more of this. Because Scooby's afraid to go anywhere. And Scrappy Doo's like, yeah, I'll fuck him up. <laughs> That's, yeah, we needed more of that character. Um, so, yeah, so check it well, out. We found, well, uh, we found out about that character in the Scooby Doo movie, remember? He just had a, uh, he wasn't actually yeah. a little kid. He was a, uh, he had like a growth issue. <laughs> <laughs> a bitter, angry little fucker. Yeah, he was something. Kind of like Butch on SmackDown. When he's just jumping on everybody and just growling. <laughs> um, so we also talked about recently how Todd Phillips is going back into the world of Joker with his sequel, Joker 2, Folly Adieu. Uh, there was little details when he first announced it other than he wants to move forward. Now we can officially say that they are talking to Lady Gaga to be a part of this project. Mm and to portray Harley Quinn, and that this movie is going to be a musical. So, what? me personally, I don't like anything about it because it's totally different from the first one. So I can agree that Todd Phillips wanting to do something different is fine, but I don't think Harley Quinn fits into this universe. It's just it's not a universe that I think Arthur Fleck would be in because Arthur Fleck is so unique as the Joker that it's not, the, it just, it's not something that I would want to see, only because he's fine on his own. You know, I kind of wish they would just make that one and then don't make any sequels. We just have the Joker, and that's it. So, uh, Ghoul, and what do you think about uh, the sequel? Well, I mean, like I said in the chat, you know, when, when they first announced the Joker one-off, you know, I, I really did, I, I liked the concept. I liked the idea of it, but I had no idea what the, who the director was, what he was going to be capable of, what he'd be able to pull mm-hmm. off. Um, so when his finished product came out and it was as great as it was, um, it was very exciting. Mm-hmm. I yeah. am going to, you know, hope that once again he is going to provide us with something entertaining and interesting to to watch um you know the, the joker film was not just a you know visual experience it was an oral right. sound experience it was a yeah. journey into one man's madness you know and, and, oral. and you yeah. know through his narration so, so we don't know what we're going to see here. This movie may still be an Arthur Fleck. It just might not be the same Arthur Fleck. You know, just like the Suicide Squad hmm. and Suicide Squad yeah. are two totally different films because you have two different directors. I mean, it's. Uh, I think it can be fun. I think it's a, a, a musical. It just makes sense for some reason. I'll be honest with you, especially with the casting of Gaga. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's, you know, Joaquin Phoenix is an interesting human being. 
So, so seeing him in mm-hmm. this role and doing something of this nature, just it, it feels like something he would want to be a part of and would once again give us what he gave us you know, the first time around, which was his all. Uh, so, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, the, well this, could, this, could, this could be, though, uh, Harley's trip down insanity and falling in love with Joker or what she thinks is Joker and that's why it's a musical and you're casting Gaga is this is possibly about her journey and what the goal was saying of a different Joker is because in her mind this is her perception of her joke what she, she thinks the Joker is and why she falls in love with him so maybe that's where they could possibly be going with that yeah uh the soundboard off of that. Yeah, I kind of hope that they go in a different direction with it. You know, I, I do enjoy Lady Gaga. You know, I, I loved her in The Star is Born, uh, which I thought she was really good in. But uh, it's one of those things where it's like Harley Quinn is so hard to kind of pin down. So it, it, to bring her into this universe of Arthur Fleck, like Arthur Fleck isn't a manipulative, abusive, you know, I would just want to commit crimes type of character. He's not the clown prince of crime. Like, he's just a guy that exactly. lost it one day and decided to prove it, you know, on stage with Murray Franklin. You know, he's not that type of guy. He's not going to be Robin Banks. <laughs> you know, he's not going to be trying to challenge the Batman who's still a kid in the Joker universe. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. But, again, as a musical, uh, I don't like musicals. It's like, I don't know how I feel yeah, about you know. it. Because I just, you I'm know not a I fan do. of that. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, I know you're, you're fully on board. I just... I don't know. I, just, I don't see it as just because Joker was so strong. Like, I just, I would be happy if they never made another one. Like, just leave us with that one and I'd be okay. But if you're going to move on, I just, I hope they, they come up with something that's creative and I'm sure they will. I mean, I, I like Todd Phillips as a director. So, like the, the ghoul that said in the group chat, like, I have faith. You know, he delivered Joker. So, let's see what he does with Folly Adu. You know, and let's make it something worthwhile. You know, and, and like the monkey had said, Maybe you make it about Harley, you know, Harley Quinzel before she became Harley Quinn, you know, and, and develop that character. You know, maybe she's just as lonely as Arthur is. And that's when they meet in the asylum, you know. So there's something to look forward to at the same time. I just, I'm optimistic about, you know, what they come up with. Because I know that Bucky Phoenix isn't even fully signed on to it yet. Like they're still kind of going over, you know, I guess money issues and things like that. So. He's not even fully signed on yet, so. But I'm sure he will. I'm sure eventually they'll reach some kind of agreement and they'll be fine. So what about so the they team? have her, and they're not even positive about him yet. Interesting. Okay. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah. Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix hasn't even really agreed to anything yet. Well, maybe they maybe they bring so. us Leto. Maybe Leto comes back, and we thought, you know, <laughs> and you could put, you know. When he's not busy being fucking Michael Michael Morbius, you know that uh, you know I know that's got people petitioning. Oh, put that back back. In I the have theaters. to bring that up because you brought that up. Did you guys see the fact that Sony wants to bring back in Morbius in the theaters? They re-released it because of a fucking what? meme. There was a meme going around after Morbius came out saying, "My favorite part of Morbius." is when Morbius morbs and says, it's Morbin time, and then he morbs. So for some reason, they took that as, oh, people love this fucking movie. 
let's re-release it in the theater so people could get a chance to watch it. And it just tanked once again. So it's amazing to see that there's people behind the scenes at Sony that are like, oh, they're talking about it. Yeah, but they're not. (laughs) They're making fun of it. Like they're not positive about it. Wow. <laughs> and it once yeah, again I, I, failed. Yeah, I think that's them being kind of, well, it, it was them being hopeful that maybe the popularity yeah. of the meme is enough to put it into people's minds. And if something's in people's minds and they see it in the theater, hey, maybe we'll go see it. They may also have been hoping, to, because remember, a lot of theaters are now doing that whole uh premium seating so if a movie is a popular movie it's going to cost you more to go see it than if a film is not making money um so maybe they were hoping to capitalize on that end too you know like i, I don't know i it was released on the digital end I, I i watched it again you know without um trying to watch a bootleg version of it and uh yeah it's uh it's it's still it's still the same morbius movie it change. <laughs> yeah yeah, it just it is. So unfortunately, it's the same Morbius movie. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those fun the, things. The cool that girl really likes surprisingly. That's <laughs> yeah. Jared Leto. How could she not? So handsome. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> even know if that's it. I said, you know, she she just likes. I guess you know what. I guess she just likes the fact that it's not a a convoluted plot that has all kinds of other necessary functions to understand it's actually quite like a short movie especially by like comic book standards so you're not sitting there for two and a half hours trying to learn all these different fucking characters it's like hey here's what you got here's this guy here's that guy this is what he does boom 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 i mean you know there's this plot holes left and fucking right uh with shit that you can't <laughs> understand because they didn't you know clarify certain things or they they edited them out but Hey, hmm. who needs details? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, I know Dean said he had a couple things, so I want to see if you could dig in before we get into the movie for tonight for one more. So I want to give you one more, and I'm going to cut it to the Dean. Uh, if you're a fan of Guar, like me, I'm a huge fucking Guar fan, uh, there is an upcoming documentary that's going to exclusively stream on Shudder on July 21st called This is Guar. So it's going to cover the 30-year career of the band, including never-before-seen footage of the late Dave Rocky, a.k.a. Odorous Yorongas. You know how I always say, hail Odorous at the end of every show. Uh, so if you're a fan of Guar like me, check it out July 21st. We're going to get a documentary that has been receiving a lot of accolades, uh, and I just I can't get enough of it. And once again, Monkey, thank you so much for taking me to the Guar Bar a couple of years ago and just kind of showing yeah. me around Virginia <laughs> and showing me, you know, where Guar came from, you know, and, and just kind of letting me go back to where I needed to be at the Guar Bar. <laughs> I have Guar it beer in my house. Oh, it's so good. I'm sure it's tasty. <laughs> Tastes just like some dog, yeah. <laughs> so, Dean, uh, before we get into the movie, I know you said you had a couple things, so I wanted to give the floor to you. Uh, what did you have? talk about. Oh, that, that's so generous to, for you to consider uh, what things I have on my list that I would like to talk about, but uh, there are uh, a few things I uh, that I want to add, and earlier we were talking about the boys, and I know we kiss talked your about tummy? the group, but I don't know if, I do. I want to kiss uh, our, if our loyal listening audience is aware, but uh, Chase Crawford, who plays the chief, 
on the boys. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently, from the comics, it is known uh, that the Deep has a comically large penis, and uh, to, to truly get into character, Chase Crawford had acquired a uh, a fake uh, prosthetic penis that he had under his tights, and uh, Amazon has said that with uh, or the creators of the boys have said that with everything they have done with the boys, they have received uh, no pushback and no notes uh, from the higher ups, except uh, for the removal of the prosthetic penis that the deep was wearing under his tights, uh, which they removed <laughs> in post production uh, digitally. Um, in addition uh, to that, in the world of the boys, uh, season four is officially a go. Uh, season four has been confirmed by Amazon. Uh, there will be a fourth season of the boys moving forward. And also, uh, PETA, the People's uh, People for Ethical Treatment of Animals, has praised uh, the boys for their use of a CGI octopus in an interesting scene uh, featuring, featuring the deep. Poor Timothy. <laughs> Poor Timothy. Uh, but but the people for ethical treatment of animals was pleased. Was pleased about this. So, uh, there is some of I the news that I have surrounding the boys. <laughs> I mean, I just, <laughs> I, I, it, it, it just makes me question, though, like, is it often used? Like, do, do people often use, like, real octopus? I, I I don't I I don't know I don't know if that happens, um, but uh, what it's, what it's, I do know is in that sequence never, it's something when, that I've never fucking seen in the entirety of my life. So I mean I know I've watched some of those like ASMR videos. I mean I don't mean to, but you know like Stern was talking about it the one time, and you got to fucking you know those those videos of like people like you get these Asian chicks like eating shit and they're eating squid and they're eating like octopus and like are that. You? And like I mean they're just eating. So like. Yeah, I get if like you're you're a vegan or a vegetarian, where are it's we talking about mukbang? Yeah. What bo- bothers them? Yeah. Well, they eat a whole bunch yeah, of shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Muk mukbang, yeah. mukbang is mukbang. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh, but, but same thing in the original version of Old Boy, where they have a scene where they're e- eating live octopus at the bar. Yeah, they, they yeah yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but, not um, Timothy though. Timothy had a family. I did. I think it was hilarious mm-hmm, when the mm-hmm. Deep's girlfriend when the Deep's girlfriend texted him and was just like, Eat the fucking octopus. Listen, she's keeping him alive right now. That that is what she's doing. So Oh yeah. Because the Deep doesn't know where he belongs. He just wants to be part of the seven. <laughs> That's it. You know, as long as he can be a part of the seven, he's okay. You know, but he just has to watch Timothy just kind of hang out with Fox. Oh, it's so adorable. <laughs> You're so wet, aren't you? <laughs> so many wrong so, things. So, what else you got? so many, so many. So, obviously, uh, in the world of additional seasons, uh, Netflix uh, has confirmed what uh, has been kind of like obvious but not official, but that there is going to be a second season of a tremendously popular Squid Game. 
Yeah. Uh, there is no uh, official, there's no word on when we might see that, but uh, estimates are looking at early, uh, sorry, late 2023 to maybe even um, early uh, 2024. But in the world of Squid Game, uh, Netflix has also announced that they are going to be launching Squid Game The Challenge, uh, a reality competition show based on what? Squid Game series. In Squid Game The Challenge, 456 real players are going to be competing for $4.56 million in games inspired by the show as well as new additions. Uh, this contest series is going to feature 10 episodes, and you can currently apply uh, to try to get on the show, and the application is open to anyone in the world as long as you speak English. Go for it, Marky. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> a lot of money, dears. But a lot of money to go after. But Wait, I, why, why, why do I gotta be the one? Why do I have to be the one that has to do it? I mean, I'm the monkey, not the lab monkey. But yeah, I'll, I'll definitely. I get it tired of figuring out running, so there's better not be any running. I'm not part of it. So yeah, I'm out. I don't need the money that bad. You're the one. You're the one with all the knowledge of like Asian culture stuff. So. Yeah, you figure yeah, because you, what, what their plans you don't are have any be either. You, you know? My adventures into Asian carnality or something else entirely. I don't think that's the kind of movie they show the kind of film. Well, that's hentai. That's still in the same realm. That counts. Oh, yuck. But that that's definitely monkey. That's definitely not me. Uh, yeah, 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 that that yeah, that, yeah, that is all. definitely me. <laughs> he likes to watch sea monsters fuck a chick. That's fine. We love him for it. Yeah. It's not my thing, but hey, listen, this is all yep, tentacles. He knows. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's a lot of money. That's I mean, you know, got me real death on that. <laughs> Sign up for that. It was real death, but I'll watch it. Get the actual people die from uh, Squid Games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Appar- yeah. Apparently, yeah. There's a thing here, and yep, you just sit there and go online and fill out the application, and then there's lots of terms of use and privacy statements and all this kind of shit you need to read first. <laughs> but you must be at least 21 <laughs> years of old. You must have the right to legally reside in the U.S. You must be available to take in the program for up to four weeks and early 2023. Mm. And that could possibly change at their discretion without notice. And you must hold a valid passport for the whole period of filming if you're selected. Oh, man. It's like that episode of South Park, the human set I've had, where Kyle's like, yeah, I'm just going to agree. I didn't want I didn't read any of this. But you agreed to it. No, I didn't. Sure. Nobody reads that stuff. <laughs> All right. So. All right, so, you know, I, I've completed what I wanted to talk about. I know that Dean had a couple of things. Uh, Dean, did you watch the movie for tonight, or did you skip over it because you weren't going to be on? No, I, I watched the movie for tonight, King. I've come here prepared for our episode. 
Oh, wow, I love you. Extra kisses in the belly tonight. Excellent. So, <laughs> because we're, we're now, we have, where... now we have three people out of the four that actually watch the correct movie. <laughs> well, we're going to find out because we're oh. going to cut to the monkey real quick when I talk about the breakdown and see where he stands on Eaten Alive uh, from 1976, directed by Toby Hooper. This was his second movie right after 1974's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know, he was trying to decide what he wanted to do as a director, you know, what he wanted to make, and he got reached out by a producer who said, come on over to Hollywood and make a movie. And he thought, you know what, maybe I can. So I'm going to bring Kim Henkel, who also helped him on Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and we have Eaten Alive, which revolves around Judd, the owner of the Starlight Hotel. Judd's kind of lonely, kind of messed up in the head. He owns a hotel hopes that people come, but he's very selective about who he wants to have there. And, of course, he has a killer Nile crocodile living just outside the boundaries of the hotel. And if he doesn't like you, then he's just going to feed you to the killer croc. So what I thought about this movie is that when I saw X, I saw the gator in that movie. And I was like, that's clearly a nod to Toby Hooper's Eaten Alive. Even Quentin Tarantino stole a line from this movie and Kill Bill Volume 1, where the nurse's assistant <laughs> says, I'm buck and I'm raring the fuck. So, yeah, clearly, you know, Eaten Alive has, has had a mainstay in, in popular cinema, but I saw it right after Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I thought, this is a really cool follow-up because it's literally just kind of a complementary part of Jaws and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I saw X, and I said, i got to get this on the show. So with that being said, uh, Ghoul, what did you think about Eating Alive? Um, you know, you kind of you kind of hit it right there. This this really is like you know it, it it is Toby Hooper working within what up until this point we knew Toby Hooper to do with Texas Chainsaw. You know, taking a bunch of actors and and, and making them all perform as they were out of their minds and uh and then add in the you know the, the jaws factor which you know was uh was a huge movie at this point um you know it's uh yeah i this is one of those movies and you know i i, I say this all the time if i probably caught this when i was younger <laughs> i probably would have really really enjoyed the shit out of it but because i didn't i've caught it now I found it to be slow at times, a little plodding. You know, there's very little in the way of any real intelligent plot going on throughout the movie. It's just kind of like, Mm -hmm. hey, here's a person, we're going to kill him. Hey, here's a person, we're going to kill him. And uh, I I did like some of the deaths. I I found them to be fun. So that that part was at least good. Mm -hmm. Great. Dean, what did you think about eating alive? Uh, So... I don't know, man. I wasn't crazy about this one. First, I haven't seen this one before. And um, mm-hmm. just vastly different, uh, you know, knowing Texas Chainsaw so well. Uh, but this so obviously being filmed on sound stages and back lots. Um, yeah. You know, I think I think uh, took away from, you know, what could have been, I feel, stronger if shot on location. Uh, similar to how Texas Chainsaw Massacre worked. Um, mm-hmm. I found 
that like the 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 the, the kills uh, like we're not. It all just felt so like the performances, the kills. It all just felt so very like like staged to me. Uh, like I was watching characters or watching actors play these roles, um, not performers that were these roles. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I definitely take that. All right, so Monkey, I'm really interested in what you thought about eating alive. Here's the thing. All right, um, we have a movie called Eaten Alive, and then you have a movie called Eaten Alive with an exclamation point. That exclamation point makes a huge difference in what movie you're watching. <laughs> um, one was 1978, Toby Hooper. One was 1980, um, the Italian film. Um, yeah, and I watched this movie. <laughs> um, and I and I did not re- and I did not realize I had watched watched the wrong movie until the king had put up his weekly reminder post on the Talking Terror page. Hey, this week we're going to cover the movie, and I'm looking at it and I'm like. That is not the movie I fucking watched. I'm like, fuck. So I messaged King this morning. I'm like, um, yeah. Uh, how's it going? <laughs> and um, explain the situation. <laughs> uh, and yeah. And then the king was like, yeah. Not filmed in 1978. <laughs> and not directed by Toby Hooper. And I think, but it had an alligator. It was on the cover. It was a big alligator right there on the cover. <laughs> he was like, yeah. Film not directed by Toby Hooper. So, um, so what film did you actually watch? Eaten Alive with an exclamation point. Directed by who? It's a, From 1980. It's, Humberto it's, Lindsay. <laughs> yeah, guess what? That's, that's going to be my pick for <laughs> next week. So we're going to sit there and have another Eaten Alive. Spoiler. Okay. so so i got home so i got home and fucking crammed this week's movie and before the show so i can actually talk about it but yeah it's like got home and like literally hopped in the shower sit there and and told the people i was like gotta watch the movie bye she's like but you already watched this week's movie i was like apparently no i didn't Don't judge me. And she was like, but Aww. she was like, but you already watched Eaten Alive. And I was like, yes, I did, you but that's the right one. <laughs> <laughs> so monkey, monkey, watch the right movie. Then afterwards, good for you, man. I, 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 yeah, I, 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 I love you for you, monkey. <laughs> I so love I got it. in Thank there. You so much, <laughs> That's love. The king was so, the king was mad at you. He like messaged me. He's like, he's like, oh, you're definitely gonna be on, right? This fucking monkey watched the wrong fucking movie. Like at the time, he was figuring that Dean wasn't gonna be there. Oh. I was like, dude, you just gotta fucking ask me. Like if you were like, hey, Toby Hooper's not anywhere in this movie. I'm like, I know he's not. Like, you watch the wrong fucking movie. Like, like you know, there's two different versions on Tubi. He said, but there was an alligator on the cover. I was like, I know, but it's something like fucking <laughs> But you know, kudos to you, you know, for watching the right. You really got to work, work on your professionalism around here, man. <laughs> yeah, no question. Yeah, I know. Like, at no point did he was like, hey, man, are there cannibals in this fucking movie? And I'm like, hey, you're watching the wrong one. <laughs> you know, 
You're watching a Marco okay. Lenzi's movie. You got to go back to that. <laughs> but, so. Okay, but okay, but the movie that I watched. Okay, my takeaway was, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it felt very much like an early 1980s MTV video, just because again, like the dean had said, it felt very, very on set. It felt very, very small. Yeah, dude. Yeah, a lot of red. You know, like we needed more <laughs> yeah. flowing drink. We needed flowing drinks, but I guess they couldn't afford fans. <laughs> they spent it all on the, the crocodile. Um, Fucking Robert, Robert England was a fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Robert England was fun when he was on screen. I enjoyed him. And it's just, uh, you know, again, it was just not a lot of story here. We introduce him, we kill him, you know, just like the ghoul yeah. had said. Cool and, and, but I thought that this little girl was going for, you know, trying to beat out the kid from Cujo for most annoying little fucker in a movie. But with all the screaming that was going on between her and her mom. And they were just <laughs> fucking raiding. Both of them, yeah. her and the mom, yeah. and I was just like, "Well, I, I mean, think, oh, you, you gotta fucking Burns. stop this." <laughs> Madeline Burns is such a because she was on screen. Then you have Kyle Richards, who plays Angie, the daughter. Two years later, she's fucking Lindsay Wallace in Halloween. <laughs> you know, you're going two years later, and she's in another and, massive. And fucking forty movie. years later, she's Lindsay Wallace again in Halloween Kills. There Eat you go. Tonight. <laughs> so yeah so uh, we open the movie you know with the full moon but well, are we going to get the killer croc are we going to get Judd right away are we going to get an opening cold kill no we open with Buck who's rare in the fuck played by oh. Robert England who we all know is Freddy Krueger but this is one of those movies where I love to see him out of makeup I love to see Robert England play a character where he's not in makeup and, yeah, he's just a horny motherfucker who just wants to fuck girls in the back of a Volkswagen. That's all he wants to do. <laughs> but he can't quite get there with Clara Wood. <laughs> Clara Wood's not having any of that. So, of course, no, she's like, what? She's you want to do what? <laughs> <laughs> she's not thrilled about getting fucked in the back of a Volkswagen. So she starts <laughs> to scream and tells him to get away from him. And Miss Patty Don't comes in her. to stop things. Miss Hattie, played by Kylan Jones, Morticia Adams herself, who, you know, no looking worse for the wear in this movie, but she has a small part, but she plays Miss Hattie and tells Clara, you're fired. Buck is a good boy. I don't care what happens to you, but you need to fucking go. So Ruby, Miss Hattie's assistant, says, oh, don't worry about it, baby. Just go down in the starlight. I'll give you some money. You'll be okay. You just need to get to start somewhere else. Obviously, you're not set out for the hooker lifestyle. You're not like, you know, <laughs> anybody else in this place. So just go down to the starlight, and you're going to have an okay time. But please do not tell Judd that you are from here. Because if he finds out, he's not going to be too happy about that. She's like, oh, it's okay. Oh, I'm wearing starlight. a that dress. I'll be okay. <laughs> so she makes it starlight, to the starlight. starlight. <laughs> so... She makes it to the starlight, and she meets Judd, who, again, you can make a small, very small comparison to Psycho, you know, where he's the owner of this place and not really interested in having people come over. He just wants to kill. But we'll see that she signs in, and Judd just kind of like, all right, well, you know, you can sign in, and I'll show you a room. You don't have to pay away. You could just do it in the morning. But Also looking very much like Stephen King from Creepshow. <laughs> yeah. So 
so Clara hears some splashing outside, and Judd's like, oh, don't worry about that. That's just my crocodile. You know how it is. You know, they're faster than gators, you know. Oh, they kill anything. <laughs> you're, in okay, the water, so you, know, you're pl- you are currently playing the character with more character than the actor that performed said character. <laughs> um, you know, this so fucking guy is just, yeah. just fucking walking around mumbling, okay, for the fucking majority of the movie. You get, <laughs> oh, I know you how get nothing. I know how it is. Okay, the o- yep. The only reason why I know this actor, this character, was a fucking veteran is because it's in the description of the movie. You know, they don't even bother to drop, like, little things like that in the film other than, like, he's got a flag and a gun in the background. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, a Nazi flag. And then I think he owned it. Yeah, I was going to say, wasn't that a Nazi flag? <laughs> it was. Well, no, there was an American flag. flag. There looks like there was a Nazi flag on the chair, maybe. You couldn't really tell for sure. The the color, and it looked like it. Um, I I tried to figure it out. I could not, for for all of my my attempts, figure it out for sure. Uh, But he did have an American flag. flag. It's right there. Um, Yeah, he definitely had a Nazi flag. Yeah. But this is where, like I said, with the whole thing with, like, the, the Texas Chainsaw characters, you know what I mean? Like, he feels like yeah. he's kind of like the hitchhiker, you know? Like, I'm just some kind of fucking mumbling oh, yeah. psycho, and, and that's Mother, that. You know? the and that, that's what you're going to get. I personally, you know what, with all the fog, and really with Miss Hattie being the color that she was, I was actually expecting this movie to have, like, a cool twist ending where it was like, they're all in hell, and everybody here is, like, an evil person, and that's why they all fucking end up being murdered in this motel. Because Hattie looks like she just walked out of fucking Beetlejuice. You know, fucking, what's her face? The the, the one that that checks them in, you know what I mean? She's got, like, this this great color tone to her her skin and everything. Like, they put some some weird fucking makeup on her. Juno. Yeah, I don't know what happened to <laughs> yeah, Juno because I thought the same thing. I thought the exact same thing when I watched this movie. I was like, did she get caught in a fire? Because when she was Morticia, she was gorgeous. Like, I had such a crush on Carolyn Jones back in the 60s when she was on the Adams Family. But here, it's like, oh, is that her? Okay, well, is that It, it looks like they tried to do yeah. some weird fucked up prosthetics on her face, man. You know, it was mm-hmm. it, yeah. It looked like they were trying to make her much older than she really was, and it just failed. And like you said, you know, it looked it like burning. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cropsy. You know, she was her version of the Cropsy, except she's Miss Hattie and runs a, a whorehouse. Um, but of course, once Judd finds out that Claire is part of Miss Hattie's harem, he attacks her. You know, and just viciously takes a, a pitchfork to her and stabs her repeatedly to the point where she's just gasping for air on the porch of the Starlight Hotel. And then he realizes, you know what? I got a body. This is fucked up. I'm just going to feed it to my crocodile. Throws her into the water and just takes care of the body. So it's, I don't got to bury anybody. So that's, give it to my crocodile. So that's crocodile. That's crocodile one body. We'll keep count. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we have the what. So Clara is now done. But it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, as, as silly as an exploitation movie this is, the actress did a really good job after being repeatedly stabbed by that pitchfork where she's constantly gurgling and just gasping for air as Judd drags her body over the edge of the porch to dump it into the water. It's not bad. <laughs> you know, Toby trying something else. That he didn't do with Texas Chainsaw. I just like there was. I just like the fact that there was blood everywhere. You know, that, that was that was fun. Yeah. 
And they they don't really do any kind of time explanation where it's like you don't know how far it's been since Clara was dumped into the water. All you know is that another family has arrived. So we have Faye and her husband Roy, their young daughter Angie, and the family dog Snoopy who just wants to run around and have fun. Um, they arrive, and of course Judd's like, oh, God damn it, why do people come to my hotel? I'm like, I'm advertising them only. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, okay, fine. Y'all can come in. I know Snoopy's running around, having fun. It's fine. Um, the husband, Roy, uh, he was also in Phantom of the Paradise, Brian De Palma movie, which I really enjoy, and also Night Terrors uh, that uh, Toby Hoop did. So he, he's a Hooper guy. You know, in this movie, we'll see how crazy he can get. Um, and as the family decides to... <laughs> <laughs> so well, we, fu- we find out that Judd has a horse monkey. You know, which is cool. <laughs> He's bringing it back. So, as the family running around and causing Judd all this distress, Buck also shows up, and Buck is like, "Hey, how you doing, man? We're just hanging out, right? Hey, what's up, Buck?" And he's like, "Get out of here! Get out of here!" And he's like, "All right, I'll be back. I'm just saying." You know, I, I bug me the fuck, so I'll be back. And he Judge runs. played by Nick Nolte. I, like, this is, this is the movie that I want now. I want Judge played by Nick Nolte. This should be fucking memorable. <laughs> oh, dude. If it's a remake, Nick Nolte needs to play the character. Um, so Angie is running around the place, and also Judd has a zoo, quote-unquote, where he has a bunch of monkeys in a cage, and Angie finds the one that's fucking dead. And she's like, Angie's dead! He's got a dead monkey in a cage. And just like, oh, shit. All right. Well, let me go check out what's going on here. That's fucked up. <laughs> and I was like, oh, monkey's going to watch this. Like, no, no death to monkeys. No monkey can still be alive. Just wait till next week. And <laughs> but, uh, so while all this, all this commotion is happening, Snoopy sees something in the water and ultimately pays for it because the croc comes up and just slams down on the Snoopy. And the crocodile's having a great time, and Angie fucking loses her shit. Like, this is where Angie's <laughs> fucking mind breaks, and she just uh, can't handle it anymore. Uh, please bring me into one of these rooms where I'm having a mental fucking breakdown, because my dog just got <laughs> chewed up by a crocodile. Nobody's acknowledging it. Just, uh, it, it, come on. Angie, Angie, calm down. Angie, Angie. <laughs> She's like, no, no, no. Yeah, no. Hey, right, take it easy. It's fine. Played by fucking, and no, so played by Dr. Loomis. So now we've got Nick Nolte and fucking <laughs> Dr. Loomis. <laughs> you know, and once they get settled to the room, of course, Ray decides he wants to lose his shit and just be like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, <laughs> That's so weird. He, like, falls into a fucking corner. Okay, look, he looks like Stephen Merchant, okay, because that's, that's all I'm seeing. I'm seeing the comedian, Stephen Merchant here, okay? He's, like, fucking huddling himself yeah. into a weird fucking, like, like masochistic corner. Like, I feel like the fucking wife was about to, like, either berate him, beat him, or fucking whip him with something. I don't know. All these fucking characters are just so fucking weird. Everybody feels insane. And like yeah, I said, I at this point, I'm really, I'm still sold on the idea that they were all fucking dead already. Like, they, you know, this family died in like a car accident, you know, because something that, and this is hell. 
you know, like this this is what I'm like yeah. expecting to see, but it's it's not that. It's not that at all. That's just all fucking weird for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> And there's no reason for it at all. It's like a, I was expecting, I was yeah. expecting him like start tw- tweaking out or something. Like you know, he needs a fix or something like not? that. You know, like I was expecting the wife to be like, you know, oh, you know, you're on your shit again. You know, you're tweaking out or something. You know, no, yeah. nothing. You know, yeah. nothing like that at all. <laughs> but he does that weird thing when he's sitting there and Faye is attending to Angie, and Angie's calmed down for the moment. And then all of a sudden he just gets up and he puts out his arm with his fist. He's like, and she's like, what the fuck, dude? What the fuck? (laughs) He's like, he's like 11 in that scene in fucking Stranger Things when she's in the fucking (laughs) roller skating. Oh, no, at the school. She just yells and puts her arm out. (laughs) And then then for some reason the wife takes a wig off. And for some reason, she's wearing a wig. We don't know why she's wearing a fucking wig, but she's wearing a wig. Nope. <laughs> it's just to show us as the audience that that's Sally from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I was like, I guarantee you that's the only fucking reason Toby had her wear a wig. But he's like, it's going to be great. It's going to be great, doll. You're going to go into the hotel room, and you're going to take off the wig, and you're going to put your hair down. Everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, Sally Hardesty from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm in. But, like, I get what you're saying. Like, was there, like, a lost plot point or something where they were, like, on the run? Did they kidnap the kid? Yeah. Like, why was she in hiding to begin with? Just a precocious family. (laughs) I looked it up, trust me. I tried to find every fucking angle. I looked up everything. And it's just a precocious family where Roy is fucking weird. And, you know, she's just trying to settle her, her daughter down. Um so as all this is happening, Harvey Wood shows up with his daughter, Woody, looking for a room at the Starlight Hotel. And Clara, obviously dead. They don't know that. They're still looking for her, you know, the daughter and, and, and sister. So they show up, and Judd gives them a room and says, I, you know, I don't know anything about her. Like, you, know, just, you might want to check uh, Miss Hattie's place. She could probably be there. You don't know anything about that place? No. Uh, well, I think you do. No, I don't. <laughs> Nobody nobody knows shit in this movie. (laughs) It's Harvey saying, you know what? He knows something. He's hiding. So Libby's like, all right, well, let's just take a night to rest, and we'll just go back at it tomorrow morning. But, of course, Harvey wants to find his daughter, so he's going to go out and find out where Miss Hattie is and question her. He's hot on the trail. (laughs) (laughs) Like Lucas. (laughs) He's right on the trail. And I I love Harvey because he is right on the trail, and he just wants to find out what the fuck happened to his daughter. And he just needs to find her. He feels bad that she ran away, but at the same time, he he cares about her. It's not like, you know, yeah, she was a whore or whatever. No, he really wants his daughter back. Um, So as he goes out and tries to find where Miss Hattie is, Roy is insisting that Faye put out a cigarette in his eye. No, you could use that as an ashtray, Ma. I can go out. And, oh, jeez. Fuck, I don't, I don't give a fuck. Why are you doing this? Like, just please stop. <laughs> and then as she's yelling at him, rawr, rawr, rawr. Like, what the fuck is your problem, Roy? Like, why are you barking at me? Please leave me alone <laughs> at this point. Like, you're not, you're not helping anything, so maybe you can go help and, and see what's going on downstairs. So... Of course, that's what Roy decides to do. He's going to get revenge on that crocodile because it killed Snoopy. 
So he goes to his yep. car. He grabs a shotgun, and of course, Judd's like, "No, no, 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 no! It's fine. It's it, listen. It, it, these things happen. Like you know, crocodiles. You know, they, they just kill what they have to kill, and they don't know any better. Come on, it, listen. It's going to be okay. Let's put the shotgun it's down. Don't make no distinctions." But Roy knows it's dangerous and it needs to be destroyed. So Roy shoots into the water and Judd's like, well, you made your choice. So he grabs a huge scythe and attacks Roy with it. (laughs) Roy gets a shot off on Judd's leg and Judd's like, that's cool. I don't care. (laughs) As he continues to attack him. And then finally, we have Roy dipping into the water and becoming a meal for the crocodile. So, of course, what does Judd do? He runs back into the hotel and shoves some BC into his mouth, which is, back in the day, a combination of aspirin and caffeine. So you can get it powder for him. So you could shove it in your mouth if you needed to. Uh, see, I thought, he had, grabbed co- I thought he had grabbed cocaine. Because uh, I thought uh, no. um, it's basically powdered aspirin. That's all it is. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I would, yeah. I would t- yeah. After a night of drinking, I would take that and uh, pour it into my Red Bull the, the next morning. Yeah, <laughs> and then mix it around. Because even so, um, all I need is a shot of BC. And he's like, all I need oh, is a shot I of BC. That. Get, get right. Yeah. Oh, like, he, okay. He sits back after taking it, and he goes, all I need is a shot of BC. So it's it's not cocaine. Like it's just it's aspirin and, and, and caffeine like you had said, monkey and, and ghoul. That's all. It's not an illegal narcotic. Like he just needed that aspirin caffeine hit. Um so Faye goes looking for Roy and instead finds Judd. He tells her that Roy will be up in a minute. Don't worry about it. Go ahead and just run your shower. Let's see you shower. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Lo- longest time for a chick to undress. <laughs> <laughs> he goes to the one door and he kicks in and he's like, hey Yep, that's how I'm going to do it. That's how I'm going to do it. All I need to do now is go over to the bathroom where she's running her back, where, of course, it's, it's Madeline Burns, so she's not going to show any nudity. So she gets down to just the bare minimum and then just slides into the bath. So I was like, oh, Marilyn. <laughs> Nope, no, no nudity clauses in your contract. You know, you just want to get down to, you know, your bare minimum, you know, and, and show up. So Judd eventually gets into the bathroom and then wraps Faye up into the shower curtain. And, again, this is Toby showing you his side of Texas Chainsaw Massacre where Judd just beats the fuck out of her while she's wrapped up in the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, uh, we're back in Texas Chainsaw Massacre territory. <laughs> it's going to be great. And, of course, Angie wakes up, freaks the fuck out. She's not uh, having the best vacation, guys. Like, she is not. Like, she's yeah. freaked up on everything. She just saw somebody get knocked out in a shower curtain. She doesn't know where her dad is. She doesn't know where her mom is. She's like, oh, my God, I'm going to go underneath the porch. And I'm going to hide out there for uh, the rest of this fucking movie. And, 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 hide, and hide under the porch while screaming and moaning the entire time under there. Just so we don't forget, she's under there. Because apparently she's the worst person at fucking hide and seek. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's like, again, think about two years later when she's playing Lindsay Wallace. It's like, okay, where was that scream in Halloween? <laughs> if she has that high-pitched fucking scream, it no, I'm, your ears. No, I'm so glad Halloween. that was not used in Halloween. It would have scared Michael away. <laughs> You're like, fuck. 
All right. Later. We're scared <laughs> audiences away. Yeah. So Judd returns to Faye, and she begs, you know, to just stay away from me. And, of course, Judd has the upper hand, slaps the fucking taste out of her mouth, and then puts <laughs> her into a bed where he ties her up and puts duct tape over her mouth where she stays for the rest of the movie. And Judd explains to her that, you know, I was Another shot in the leg, the but it's out. fine. It's wooden. <laughs> you know, so, you know, but you know what? You know what, Faye? I need to get your daughter. I need to get your daughter underneath my porch because there are rules that you need to abide by. I abide by those rules, and she needs to as well. So I'm going to get your daughter, and then we're going to figure this thing out. And she's like, no, please don't. Please, please stay away. <laughs> you know, because Angie's already not having a very chill time underneath the porch where she encounters mice and then gets nearly attacked by the Nile crocodile. Um, <clears throat> so we cut to Sheriff Martin, who meets Harvey and Libby. Harvey wants to know about the body house in town. Of course, Sheriff Martin's like, body house? People just want to have sex. Like, what the fuck, body house? He's like, I want to know about it. You know, how dare you, sir? Uh, you know, accuse my daughter of being in a body house. But we need to go talk to her. Martin, of course, agrees reluctantly to take them both to Miss Libby's, you know, to Miss Hattie's, and just try to cool, out coolest laid-back motherfucker in the entire movie is the sheriff. <laughs> like he's, he's just, just fucking so cool. Great. Yeah. <laughs> so, meanwhile, back before, in Night, Night of the Lepus. Yes, we did cover him. Stuart Whitman, who was great in in Night of the Lepus, but. Um, so back at the starlight, Judd manages to get underneath the porch with his scythe and tries to get Angie out from beyond the porch, doing anything that he can to do it. And as this happens, it, Martin arrives with Libby and Harvey at Miss Hattie's. Go ahead, Mikey. Oh, no. Did he try barking at her like his dad did? Oh, my daddy! They arrive at uh, Miss Hattie's. And, of course, Ruby is the one that brings them in, you know, Miss Hattie's assistant. So they, of course, ask Miss Hattie uh, about the daughter, Clara Wood, being missing. They show the picture. She's like, yeah, I have no idea who that is. But anyway, are you guys excited about real estate? Because I know a lot about it. <laughs> pyramid so, scheme. Oh, it's a pyramid scheme. House. Watch out. Watch out. Don't do it. She's going to try to sell you a condo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys, listen, I have a ton of expertise. <laughs> so, and you, you know what I'm Real fucking solid. <laughs> and, of course, they're like, no, we want to find, you know, my sister and my daughter. And she's like, yeah, uh, never heard of her. Moving on, question next. And, uh, okay, well, if uh, there's nothing else I can do, I'll just kind of push you out. Where are you guys staying, by the way? Oh, we're staying at the Harlot Hotel. Oh, Judd, the old rapport bait. <laughs> Has Crocs scared some of the girls? Croc don't die. You got to kill him. You know, we also found out that Croc teared off uh, Judd's leg at a certain point. So now he's got a wooden leg. Can't kill him. <laughs> well, that's great information, Miss Hattie. You know anything about Claire? Yeah. I certainly don't know that she didn't want to take it in the back of a Volkswagen. But I also tell you, Doug, that when the sheriff shows up, it's like, Miss Hattie's just like, hey, what's up, sheriff? He's like, hey, what's up, Hattie? Like, you know, like, you know, he's been, like, he's been, he, yeah, he's been there. You know, he's just super laid back, you know. 
It's that kind of town where it's like, you know, you know he hasn't been there. <laughs> What's going on, Miss Eddie? Hey, yeah. What's going on? <laughs> oh, you know how it is. You gotta bring these two straights into your place. <laughs> you still got my favorite girl Lucille in the back? I sure do, sir. Yep. <laughs> and again, when they show Miss Hattie's place, it was like back in the seventies, that's the place I would have been at. Like they had that fucking one big uh, fat guy with the beard, I was like, That's me. Just hanging out at the bar. I got a bunch of girls walking around. Well, you would go, right? So, yeah, that's Miss Addie's place. <laughs> that's every Saturday. <laughs> like, what are you doing this Saturday? Going to Miss Addie's. <laughs> well, we get some action. You know, it was just so 70s. Like that bar and all the chairs and all those girls walking around. Like, eh, not quite the cat house, as we've seen later, you know, in Nevada. <laughs> but run by Dennis Hoffman. <laughs> no, no, fucking no this, this, this is more like a, you know, this is more like a truck stop. <laughs> <laughs> because they also so, serve food at the bar. <laughs> oh, they had hot food at the bar, which is amazing. <laughs> That's all on board with it. Um, so we cut back to the Starlight Hotel, so and again, Judge is still trying to. French fries. <laughs> <laughs> So Judd is still trying to get Angie out. Like he's still underneath the porch trying to get her out. Like, hey, Angie, I got something to show you. Ooh, Jed's got something to show you. And she's like, yeah, fuck you, dude. And you don't. <laughs> trying to kill I got me. something shiny. Like, I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the sheriff arrives back at the Starlight Hotel and drops off Harvey, who says, ah, I'm just going to go to bed for the night. It's fine. Like, we're not going to discover anything new. And Libby's like, you know what? Sheriff Martin's kind of fucking hot, dude. Like, I think we're going to go have drinks and maybe, you know, some food. I don't know, maybe. And, you know, Stuart Whitman, he's got those furry eyebrows. Let's see what else he's got. <laughs> so, of course, the Libby leaves with Sheriff Martin to go have just that. So as Harvey enters the starlight, he hears Angie screaming, begging for help, but he doesn't know where it's coming from. So he searches around the porch. He hears it but doesn't know exactly where. And as he tries to pinpoint where it's coming from, Judd runs up ah! with the scythe <laughs> and stabs Harvey in the neck with it. And then Harvey just kind of stumbles around with the fucking scythe sticking out of his fucking neck. Oh, Blood kind of sticking out of, out of his neck. <laughs> <laughs> All the way out of his neck. And, of course, Judd's like, yes, this is awesome. <laughs> I was like, this is the yeah, cook in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, he's excited as fuck. You know, he's going around, jumping around, smack, smacking shit. He's all excited. You know, meanwhile, our boy with the scythe stuck in his neck, though, has the worst fucking prop scythe ever because he's he has to use his hands to hold the scythe against his neck, but he's not doing a really good job because when you watch it, one half of the scythe yeah. is sticking up at one angle. The other half yeah. sticking out of his neck is sipping out at another angle. And I was just like... Did he bend the scythe? What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> yeah. And, of course, he, he's struggling to get it free, you know, and then, of course, the Judd runs up, and he's like, fuck, that's the best scythe. And he has to run down and try to get it <laughs> off of the guy's neck as the croc comes up, and he's like, oh, a free meal? Hell yeah. And he starts chopping down on Harvey, and, of course, Judd's like, yeah, no, no, don't take him down yet. I need to get my scythe out. God damn it. I didn't think this through. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, poor planning on my part. Because the, the crotch that's, got him. I need to get my sex out. That's three, three bodies. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, he manages to get it free. 
and RV slips down into the water, becoming the next meal for the killer croc. So we cut back to the bar, and Martin is with Libby, you know, and we see them ordering meals and ordering coffee, and we have Fuck Machine Buck. He's like, hell yeah. Yeah, I'm hanging out here with Libby. <laughs> Obviously yeah. underage. I don't care. She's going to go riding on the Hershey Highway tonight. Woo! Right, it seems like nobody cares that she's underage. <laughs> nobody cares. Except Martin, that she's who's like, yeah, that's not Coca Cola she's drinking. He's like, ah, fuck you, sheriff. <laughs> you know. So the sheriff knows. <laughs> but then for some reason, Bro, is he it, has is it fake that Jansen she's underage? Like, did I miss that? Like, I, I never. Yeah, I she don't is. remember hearing that. Because the sheriff says that's not Coca Cola she's drinking. And of course, you know, uh, Buck is like, yeah, no, it's not. So. She's drinking booze when she's underage. <clears throat> so that was the whole thing. I mean, yeah. that's what I gathered it, from it. It was a quick, because, it, it was a quick sly comment. Gotcha. Okay. So I, don't course, know, I, I didn't take it that the, way again. The, the, the main reason why I didn't really? know too is because we're going to see her naked later. Which you know, what yeah, I mean, as far well, as like movie movies go, if they're telling you that's an underage girl. They're not going to show it her naked later getting, you know, fucked. Well, well again, we're talking, the 70s. 19, we're talking 1970s, so. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're, it's 76. There's a lot of things that are open to suggestion. But, yeah, Martin has that drop line of that's not Coca-Cola she's drinking, and Bud's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. But for some reason during the sequence, we have, like, a fake Charles Manson and then also, like, a fake Stephen King, whereas fake Stephen King is checking out Lynette and we have fake Charles Manson going up to him and just doing hand bone on his chest. He's like, what do you think about that? What do you think about that? What do you think about it, brother? You checking her out? I don't think you should be checking her out. And he's like, dude, I'm fine. I got this, you know, yeah, it's kind of hot. And he's like, what do you think about that, brother? And he starts to pick a fight with fake Stephen King. And, of course, Stephen King fake is like, yeah, I'm just going to fight him off. And, of course, Buck is like, hey, man, we got a shot for you over here. You want to take it? Yeah, yeah, man, yeah, man. I'll take that. I'll take that shot. <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck's going on?" Because the whole thing is that the waitress is telling Martin that Buck has been acting up. You know, he's he's been just acting out, and I think I need him gone. And he's like, "All right, well, if he does anything more, just let me know. We're gonna order our meals, and we'll just figure it out." Buck never really acts out at the bar. Like, I, I kind of felt bad for him in a way because he's just playing pool with Lynette. And he, maybe he's being a little bit loud. But, of course, Martin walks over and he's like, yeah, are you done? Are you done? Like, yeah, fuck you, Sheriff. What would you say to me? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing at all. God sucker. <laughs> like, there should have been no reason why he got kicked out, but yet he did. <laughs> you know. So, of course, you know, Buck is like, it's all right. It's all right. Take my girl back to the starlight. Well, I'm going to do because Buck is rearing. Oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> you know. So, of course, back in the starlight, Judd's cleaning up the mess left behind by Harvey as Buck and Lynette arrive. You know, Buck manages to grab a room key while Lynette kind of is like, oh, check me out. I got I got tits. And he's like, oh, I, don't, I don't think I like that very much. And Buck's like, oh, don't worry about they, it. Not the keys. Come on, baby. They just can't. She just screwed those tits. She's really excited about them, man. <laughs> and Martin and Libby arrive back at the sheriff's office. He tells Libby, listen, you know, she might be missing your sister, but 
or put on an APB. Just go back to the hotel, rest up, and I'll see you tomorrow. If you need me, anything, if you need me for anything, I'll be there. So, of course, we have Lynette taking off her clothes and Buck, you know, just taking off his shirt and like, all right, baby, we're gonna we're gonna have the horizontal shuffle in a second, aren't we? Oh yeah, I love it when you take off your clothes. And it's just, again, I just love seeing Robert England as Robert England. No makeup, no Freddie, mm-hmm. just taking off his clothes. Yeah, and then, as soon as yeah, I saw him in the credits, him. I was fucking happy. I was like, you know, this this is great. I, I do too. I love seeing Robert England in things other than Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And he's so, you know, taking off his shirt, and he's so gentle with her at, at a certain point. You know, where she takes off all her clothes until she's in her panties. And, of course, he lays her down onto her stomach, and he's massaging her back and then pulling off her underwear. And he's thinking, all right, this is the only way. This is the only way we can do it. And she's like, no, I don't think so, Buck. And he's like, yeah, just let him have his moment. <laughs> just, you know, he's being sweet. But, again, we know that Buck isn't interested in doing anything other than the back of a Volkswagen. Um, but Maybe he just needs to go to prison. <laughs> he's... Being very sweet at this point as far as, you know, seducing Lynette. Um, but at the same time, we have putting up the radio, the, the shitty fucking country music on the radio where, you know, Buck's like, can you turn that shit down? And it's like, well, it's just a mask <laughs> the fact that, uh, you know, we have Faye screaming in the other room, you know, just you terrified for her life. <laughs> Yeah, she so, had to cover that up. Dean, <laughs> Dean, did you say something? Yes, are you guys hearing hey, did you? Yeah. No, not... Okay, I mean, no, I, I thought I was having a problem with my microphone. No, and I did, I did say something when well, you now were talking we about Robert England. When you were talking about Robert England, I think one of the things that's cool about seeing him here is that we're watching Robert England, and at this point, like, for us to be watching this film, like, we know who Robert England is. But yeah. at that yeah. point in time, like, he was probably, like, a, just a struggling actor trying to get some work and had no idea what he was going to right. become in his career uh, The before times, uh, before becoming one of the most iconic characters in, in film, you know? Like, cool, cool to – like, I had that moment when I was watching. I was like, man, he doesn't even know, like, what lay, what lay in store <laughs> yeah. for him at this point in time. And, and, and that's – and that's a great point you bring up, Dean, and, you know, it's a thing we bring up a lot on the show is, you know, that's the cool thing about really old horror movies is how a lot of these are the jumping points for a, a lot of really good actors that could go on to get, you know, much bigger and better things. No, completely. Because before Robert England was on Nightmare on Elm Street, he was on V. Like, that was his biggest thing as Wally, you know, as the friendly alien. <laughs> But he was also in uh, Dead and Buried, and he had done a bunch of just kind of side characters. But at least with Eaten Alive, like, he has more to do. Where yeah. He's not just a side character. He's Buck, you know, and he's a character that, you know, you might not like right away, but at the same time, he wants to help. Like, as soon as he hears those calls for help, he's the one going outside and putting on his jeans and going, I think I need to help somebody. I, I don't know what it is, yeah. but... I, yeah. I don't ever Good. take Buck as a bad guy. I take him as looking like he's trying to play a good old boy, you know? And he's just a yeah. good old boy yeah. that just, just wants to fucking bang and get some poontang, get some fucking butthole, 
And uh, he's just yeah. a good old boy, never meaning no harm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know old Dupo is. No, but you're completely right about that, Google, is that, you know, he's just a good old boy, and he, he knows that he could piss off Judd, and he likes the fact that he could do that, and he's trying to get with his girl, but at the same time, once he hears something that's out of the ordinary, he wants to help. Like, he wants to figure out what it is, so when he goes out into that porch and he hears Angie screaming, he doesn't know where it's coming from, he doesn't know what to do, but of course, Judd appears behind him and then pushes him right into the water. He's like, Judd, I'll get you, you motherfucker, like, I'll get you. And he, Judd, of course, has no problem because he knows that his crock is going to come up and he's going to take apart Judd, uh, take apart uh, Buck, which he does. And it's great seeing Robert England in the water, you know, just trying to fight yeah. off against this killer crock. That scene, that, that's where he earned his money in this. Is He was like, I'm going to definitely make myself fucking seen as if anything else, you're going to fucking recognize my death scene. May not remember anything else, but this one, I'm going to fucking earn every fucking cent of my paycheck for this goddamn movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he gets pushed in, and once that crock comes down, you see the blood in the water, it's like it's, it's done. You know, Buck doesn't stand a chance. You know, against uh, the Nile crocodile, and of course, when that and that hears all the screaming, all the commotion, she's like, "What the fuck? That's four, buddy." You know, I, <laughs> Buck, what the hell's going on? Like, you know, what's going on? She comes running out, and Judd has his scythe, and he's attacking her with it, and chases her into the foggy woods, and he loses her in the fog. He can't find her. She finds the car, and she's like, "Out of here!" <laughs> but <laughs> out, bitches. The one. But the one thing I wanted to bring up about Lynette is that that uh, actress is Janet Blythe. That's an actress that should be considered for screen queen status because she existed in the horror genre for so long. And I feel like she gets overlooked because she was Ruby in 1977's Hills of Ice, the Wes Craven movie. And she reprised that role two years later to play that character. She was also in Drive-In Massacre, Black Oak Conspiracy, um, Marilyn, the untold story. Um, so she played a lot of characters that were in the horror genre, and she never really gets a lot of credit. So to see her here, I was like, you know what? Let's give credit to Janice Blythe, you know, for playing Lynette in this movie and going on for other roles um, that she should be known for. So when you watch The Hills of Eyes, yeah, it's Lynette, you know? So, um, but she makes it out of there. She's done, you know, gets that ride. And we have Libby arriving back home at the starlight. <sighs> she needs to get some sleep, you know, and she's going to strip. And, of course, again, it's weird to see Toby Hooper showing so much nudity in a movie. It's like it's not something that I think he ever really wanted to do. I know he had a lot of problems with the movie where he walked off the set a whole bunch of times because he's like, this isn't really my movie. I'm just the director. But we have Libby arriving home <clears throat> to the starlight, stripping off her clothes, and Judd returns home, hoping to get Angie out with the scythe. And the croc arrives, looking for another meal. And, of course, Angie's like, ah! You know, again, screaming her head off as the croc advances on her through the porch. Like, there's no more hiding. The croc is like, fuck it. I need you. You're going to be my meal. <laughs> so I need to, to take you into me. So it's crazy to see Angie once again surviving all this time, and all of a sudden the crocs like, fuck it, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
I didn't have any other way about to say it, <laughs> so I just said it the way. What's up, so, Joe Mike? Anyway, <laughs> so Whitney hears the screams of Faye, and she redresses and decides to look for wherever the screams are coming from. She enters the room where Faye is and frees her. And of course, the immediate thing is that Faye is like, "I need to find my daughter." You know, Angie, Angie, where are you? And Judd runs up the stairs, wielding his scythe, attacking both Faye and Libby. Judd strikes at Faye, gets her in the thigh, and she almost knocks him out of the window. But, of course, Judd's not going down without a fight. I got knocked out of the window. I'm fine. I'll just I'll keep coming, and I need to, to kill both of you. So, of course, Libby is screaming the entire time, Daddy, Daddy, where are you? It's like, we know what happened to him. I feel so bad, but he's dead. <laughs> you know, we don't, you know, she, you don't know his fate, but we do. Um, so Faye falls to the ground from her injury on the thigh, and Libby fights off Judd. And in the chaos of everything that happened, Judd's eventually knocked over the railing and falls to the ground into the water. Oh, wait a minute. And the croc makes Judd his left Wait, 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 wait. Okay. We can't, can't, go ahead. We can't skip over the one fucking scene of Judd unleashing the crocodile to go after little Angie underneath the porch, yeah, yep. in which the crocodile right, yeah. changes in yep. size, shape, and color like five or six <laughs> fucking times. <laughs> the thing's fucking yeah. tiny. The next thing you know, it's gigantic. Then you can definitely see that it's just like a fucking rubber, like, kid's toy. Oh, it was funny. It was horrible. Like, one of the oh, worst yeah. scenes it, I've ever seen in a movie, and I, you know what, it's probably my favorite yeah. scene of this movie. The third act just drops into fucking insanity, where it's like, we don't know what the fuck we're doing anymore. Toby was like, I'm fucking done. <laughs> just do the fucking thing. You know, where it's like, let's get the croc in there. Let's get Judd directing it. Let's, who fucking cares anymore? I'm sure that's exactly his thought. Uh, because as we have Faye laying on the ground, you know, crying from her injury, we have Judd being flipped into the water, and he gets eaten headfirst by the crocodile. And, of course, we see him being pulled down and his leg bobbing in the water later. Uh, but Martin arrives That's just in five. time. Of course, Martin arrives just in time. Martin's like, oh, hey. Somebody call me? <laughs> Yeah, but again, how fucking hungry is this crocodile where it in one night it eats a dog and four people, you know, five people in the entire movie. But in one night it eats a tiny dog and four people. I understand this croc is big sometimes, like the ghoul said, but sometimes. how hungry is this motherfucker? Yeah, sometimes it's fine. <laughs> but other times it's bigger. But yeah. Yeah, it, it unleashes hell on Judd. And then, of course, like I said, you have Martin showing up, and he's like, hey, I'm here now. You're safe. Like, no, we took care of everything. It's good. <laughs> like, uh, you know, we figured everything out. Uh, things are fucked up. It's not as crazy as Motel Hell, but it's pretty fucking crazy. And then we see the wooden <laughs> leg of Judd floating in the water as we cut to yellow text on that frozen uh, picture of Judd Blett. Um, yeah. Judd left so the floater. It, it, <laughs> so, again, this isn't a movie that Toby Hooper wanted to do. It wasn't like a passion project where he's like, yeah, I made Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This is my next one. Now, he, he got invited out by a producer 
then had him move out to uh, Hollywood and said, you know, we'll give you some money. Um, they based a the story on Joe Ball, who was down in the Florida area, who had a killer crocodile. He had a whole kind of amusement-type uh, expo, but he would feed people to the crocodile. Supposedly. So he was killing people. It was never proven. <laughs> never proven. Well, Supposedly. You know what, I think it's the, urban, uh, urban legend. Urban legend. It was never proven. I always believe it. <laughs> I Did that guy like kill himself right when they were coming to get him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I always believe that Joe Ball fed people to that crocodile. So I always believe that because it's like, you know there's not enough evidence, of course, but at the same time he was fucked up. Like he was fucked up in the head. So why wouldn't he be like a judge character? You know that would feed people to his crocodile. You know after they come home from the amusement park. Uh, but so, uh, like I said, anyway. It wasn't a movie that Toby wanted to do, but it was a movie that he got uh, railed into doing, and he never liked it. But at the same time, you get so many good fucking performances out of people in this movie. Anyone burns like what else are doing other than Jason Master? Can you really say no, you got Farrah, a lot of really good performances Stuart out of Whitten, these people? Robert England and uh, uh, but to say that you got a lot of really good performance out of these people is like, because again, I echo what the goal said of it was people like acting as various roles, but at the same time, not convincing yeah. us that they were actually those characters. I mean, that's just, I get, it's just my, opinion. I can get on a screen think, and fucking yeah. scream my ass off, but I'm not going to sit there and, you know, get an Oscar for it. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I completely understand that. Me, it's just, it's one of those things I'm like, you know, he got what he needed to out of these, out of these actors. You know, there was, there was plenty of them, you know, and he got what he needed to. You know, it was, again, it's his follow-up to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I don't think Toby ever really managed to outlive that first film. He's made no. a film. We covered Invaders from Mars. Recovery Eating Alive tonight. I don't think that Toby ever really managed to make something uh, that can match Texas Chainsaw Master. You know, and at the same time, and people could talk about Poltergeist, <laughs> but you know, the reality he yeah, never got the credit. We all no, we no. we all feel like that's a Spielberg movie, you know. So, well. Yeah, you know, and, and and I showed you guys on the group chat about that letter that Steven Spielberg sent to Toby Hooper saying, it's your movie. Like, you made Poltergeist. Like, it's, it's not me. Like, I get it, you know, but at the same time, like, you made that. And that scene where the, the guy walks into the bathroom and skins off his face, I was like, that's Toby. Like, that's definitely a Toby Hooper moment, you know, where he pulls the flesh off his face and all of a sudden it's a skeleton. You know, but I, just, I don't think that Toby really got his his, his, uh, his due. You know, people talk about Romero, people talk about Carpenter and and all that, uh, and Craven. I feel like Toby was always just kind of pigeonholed into Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like he just never really got another one. Where nah, he'd be like, yep, I, that's I Toby. <laughs> but he's a master of horror. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I <guess laughs> Master of horror. King, right? It's like no, King's favorite totally term. Not. Oh, I know. <laughs> the, the 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 term I love, but no, I I kind of wish that he could have. But at the same time, it's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That was his magnum opus. 
and he just never really got back to what that was. I mean, he tried with Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 to make comedy because he didn't like the fact that he wanted to make another horror movie, but, you know, it's just Texas Chainsaw was that one. But anyway, Monkey, you watched the wrong movie to begin this. Yes, so then you I cut did. up real quick yeah. with the actual movie. <laughs> so are we going to be talking about your mistake next week? Yes, next week we're going to watch Eaten Alive. Not this. <laughs> Not this version. This is Eaten Alive with an exclamation point. And there is a difference. And we will cover that exclamation point next week as we, as we cover the 1980 film Eaten Alive. <laughs> with an exclamation point. That's a difference. And cannibals and battalions. And it's from 1980. And it's no, from Bertha no, Lindsay. No, so. no. I, I, I am actually providing a link to everyone for an English dubbed copy on Tubi. Uh, yeah, I know. I saw it. <laughs> when you made your mistake, I was like, what the fuck did he fuck up? I'm like, oh, yep, there it is. Like, he had the wrong date. Look at you, Tubi. Having a link. So, yes, I, I'm completely fine. I actually have a copy on DVD. So. Of I'm course you do. Bertha Wendy's eating alive. It's it. Yeah, we'll talk about it next week. But yeah, I'm thinking it'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. So there we have Gene, it. Back, back, you know what? Back Thank you so much. We're sure having fun now. <laughs> <laughs> we are, and we we can't wait to have you back here next week for the show. Absolutely. All right, Muggy, go ahead and sign yourself off. All right, stay tuned for Eaten Alive next week. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Ma. All right. Ghoul, why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off as we close out? We love eating things here at Talking Tower. So, we yes, do. we will see you next week for Eaten Alive Part 2. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, stay scared, everybody. Stay scared. Eaten Alive Part 2. <laughs> so, all right. So, as always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G. Thank you so much for listening to this episode where we covered Toby Hooper's Eating Alive. And then we'll meet you back here next week where we cover Umberto Lenzi's 1980 cannibal classic, Eating Alive, with an exclamation point. So, you have that get one for us. So, as always, keep America strong, watch horror movies, hail Satan, hail yourselves, and of course, as always, Hail, Otis. We'll see you back here next week, folks. <laughs>